It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy and I'm your host this week. So no things with a Z, unfortunately. Uh, it's a bit weird. Like sometimes I have so many things to review and I have to decide and then I can't kind of keep them for another day. So I start playing with them. Um, and at the moment, I don't have any nice toys or new apps. Actually, that's not true. There is an app that I'm playing with at the moment. Oh, I could have done that as things with a Z. Anyway, so we're going to get straight on to tech news. So let's go into the screen. For those of you that are watching, I'll bring up some slides, as I always do. And what do we have first? Right. So Apple. Now, normally, when I start talking about Apple, it's the fanboy in me that comes out. But I think, unfortunately, this time I've got to give Apple a little bit of a slap on the wrist. So they plan to put more ads in our phones. Now, if you're watching the show, the advert that I have up there has been a big play of Apple's for some time now. Privacy, that's our phone, blocking out everything. You might have seen articles about some of the bigger brands, the Facebooks, the Instas and the other world, not being able to serve ads uh, inside an iPhone. Um, and we just thought that Apple were just being the good guys and girls that they are. Well, that's not quite true. So currently, they generate $4 billion US dollars a year from their advertising. And they want to see that in double digits. And this is unfortunately the problem when you are, well, I think the biggest company in the world from a shareholding point of view, uh, or at least the wealthiest company in the world. And... Um, you know, you just can't really appease shareholders. More importantly, with all the chip shortages we've had over the last 18 months and during COVID, uh, they might be hedging their bets. You know, maybe they're sending us a signal to the shareholders saying, well, we might not sell as many iPhone 14s as we hope because we can't make them. So we can make money from ads. So that kind of means they've got to go against what they were doing of our privacy. Um I was sitting there just trying to think where they could actually put ads because at the moment it's the news app and the stocks app that has ads. And if you think about the app store has ads, but they generally ads for apps. So that's kind of okay. It's more like a featured app. Um, maps would be one. Now I've had a love hate relationship with maps over the years. As you know, if you've been watching or listening to the show um, at the moment, I'm loving maps. It really is good. I like some of the new features. Um, they haven't got me lost again recently. So, you know, Maps has been a great default. Now, Google serves ads within Maps, and it obviously uses promotion through business locations and that as well. You can kind of almost go down a rabbit hole with Google Maps. In fact, they've moved Google My Business into Maps. Now, this is not an attack on Google. I'm all for the adverts that we get on Google. Uh, as long as they're relevant to me, I don't care. I'm getting something for free. The cost is my data, my, that's my currency, which is cool. And by sharing with them what I need to, I get relevant advertising. But when Apple goes out there and makes a statement that says, we're going to cut advertising, blah, 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 and then does a bit of a UE now that they've taken out the competition and said, we're going to uh, turn, well, it will be more than double if they want double digits. It will be a 150% increase in revenue. Uh, uh, shame on you. So if you're listening to the show on Google or Apple Podcasts, uh, well, Google obviously doesn't really pertain to this topic, but on Apple Podcasts, we might start seeing adverts starting to appear there. The other one that I thought of could be books. Um, if you've got your, you know, your e-books, your digital books on your phone or on your iPad, because it would extend across the whole iOS platform and Pad OS 
And I hate to say it, but we might even see it on TVOS as well. So, yeah, uh, look out for ads. Privacy is no longer yours on your iPhone. Thanks for that, Mr. Cooking Team. Right, Twittergate. I must say, it's not often that I follow a story and, and, and a, an occasion or an event like I have been with this whole Elon Musk and Twitter um, debacle, because that's what it is. First and foremost, Elon was an idiot for offering that kind of money to buy um, Twitter. It was not worth $44 billion, um, not because I don't like Twitter. In fact, I love Twitter. I use Twitter all the time. But it wasn't worth $44 billion. Now he's realized that. He's come to his senses. He's trying to get out of it. He's trying all the tricks in the book. Well, I think at the moment the score goes up to him now 1-0, uh, this week anyway at least, because a court has ordered that the Bluebird has to give Musk the documents that he's been requesting from a former executive. So this person no longer works at Twitter, but these documents need to be handed over to Elon because these documents um, apparently were the key to calculating the number of fake accounts. So this individual was the person responsible. This executive was responsible for calculating the number of fake accounts. And as I said, in a court order, he has been awarded um, the right to get these. Now, I'm pretty sure Twitter won't roll over and just give them. There'll be a contestation. There'll be an appeal. But ultimately, what's happening, this thing's just dragging on and on and on and on. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think the deal will go through. I think eventually there'll be some form of settlement. Um, Musk has got more out of it anyway than Twitter, than getting Twitter. I mean, all the media, look, we're sitting here talking on the show as well. Android 13 rolls out to Pixel devices. Now, as you know, I have a Pixel. This is my gaming phone. It's my toy. It's my fun. Um, and for those of you that don't know, I have a gaming phone. Where have you been? Welcome to the technology show. So, unfortunately, um, I haven't received my notification to update yet. Now, this announcement was only, I think, yesterday, which means it was yesterday in America. Now, that means it's probably going to be another few days or even a week until I get the ping on my Pixel to tell me that Android 13 is available. So I can't really tell you anything about it. Um, there's lots of, there's, look, it's been in beta now. Um, the final beta, I think, finished about a month ago, or started, sorry, about a month ago. So it's been one month of the last beta. So they have given it a really good test. Um, I haven't heard anything bad come out of the reviews. So just so that you know, I don't put beaters onto my devices. I do have spare devices lying around that I could do it on. I just couldn't be bothered. Um, quite honestly, I just find the concept of getting to use the software first, but it could be buggy, bugging. I just, yeah, it, it doesn't appeal to me. I have no desire to have to be the first to try buggy software. And I'm not saying that it's always um, buggy. I'm just saying that, you know, I don't need to be the first. Um, when it comes to getting new toys to play with, I love being the first. But software, I'm happy to wait. And in fact, again, if you're a regular of the show, you know I've said this often. When the new Mac OS has come up um, for MacBook, when the iOS updates come up, I don't wait until the point one. So, you know, if we're at 13 at the moment on Android, it's going to be 13.0 and something, zero, something, zero. And then eventually goes 13.1. That's kind of when I would update. You know, that's when I do a big OS update. Um, I'm not as precious on my Pixel as I am on my iPhone, so I probably will update first now that it's it's going to be available because it's not my primary device. Uh, it just means that if anything goes wrong, I won't be gaming for a little bit. 
So that's the story. I will let you know how it goes when I do upgrade and I'll obviously feature it on the show. YouTube, so staying with Google, because obviously we're talking about Android, um, YouTube has now planned to launch a video streaming service. So what that means is think Apple TV, um, think Amazon. I mean, Apple's done it, Amazon's done it, Roku built their business on doing it. Um, and it kind of makes sense that Google jumps on the bandwagon as well. Now, for those of you that don't remember, Google actually did have a library or streaming service per se. In fact, I even remember seeing it on um, my Samsung TV of like six or seven years ago that in the apps there was the Google, I think they called it Google Movies. So it wasn't quite a streaming service like your Netflixes and your Hulus. And in fact, if you're watching um, the show, you'll see I've got the N for YouTube and the Hulu tube and we have the Paramount tube and we have the Disney tube. But basically what that is, is that they become almost the library. Now, Apple TV has done this incredibly successfully. Amazon has taken a page from Apple's book and changed their whole UI to do the same thing. They have pretty similar licenses available. Obviously, Apple TV has Apple TV content, which you can actually get Apple TV on Google TV devices as well as, um, I don't know about Roku, but uh, I think I can get on my Fire Stick on my Amazon device. Um and you can watch it on computers as well, as long as you have an Apple TV account somewhere. Um, the Google UI looks pretty similar on the Google Chromecast with TV device. As I said, the Amazon um, TV or Fire TV is its correct name. It's just recently changed in the last, I think, three months. They did quite a big facelift update. So Google could have sat back and watched all of this and said, oh, well, we could do that different. We could do this different, so on and so on. Um, the bottom line is, is there actually room and or benefits? Now, at first I thought not. However, I know a lot of people that have a YouTube premium account. And the idea behind YouTube premium is that it removes adverts. So if you're watching a, you know, you're watching something that's longer than 10 minutes or 20 minutes, or even if you're watching a docky on YouTube documentary, um, and it's an hour and a half or two hours, there will be adverts. So YouTube premium gets rid of that and it's like $4 a month. And I think you can get music without adverts in as well. Music might be a separate um, subscription service. I'm not 100% sure. I don't have it. I don't use it. Um, but if they can find a way to bring these Disneys and Paramounts and Hulus and everyone else into the fray, ABC, ESPN, oh, there's so many, um, and keep the ads out, then that would be quite interesting, right? Because it kind of goes against the model of what Google is, but by paying for premium, you then don't have ads. Now, that are, that begs the question, with Netflix talking about bringing ads into their shows with a cheaper platform, Hulu currently does that. So if you're lucky enough to be in America and you have Hulu, uh, or if you have a stream locator and have Hulu, I'll put a link up for that later after the show, in the post-show. Um, you know, you, you can watch Hulu with ads um, for, I think, a dollar, dollar fifty a month less. So, you know, the ads serve their purpose. It's no different to free-to-air TV. But it's just interesting that Google's actually making this play. And in order for people to adopt it, there's going to have to be a benefit. And I don't know what those benefits are because by now, you have Apple TV or you have a Google Chromecast TV um, with the UI that already brings all these things in. So I'm 
not really sure what they're planning to do with their streaming service. Unless, of course, it's also about creating content as well. Now, if you think about it, YouTube is the biggest content creating platform in the world. Some might say TikTok is bigger. Um, I still think YouTube's bigger. And, and if nothing else, it's older and longer and therefore has content distribution networks and servers full of content. So like Apple did their own content, like Amazon does their own content, um, Google might be making a move into that play as well. So now we're going to have Google content as well. I think ultimately at the end of the day, as consumers, we have a lot of choice. It's a very highly contested industry and market at the moment. So it's going to have to be something significant, um, you know, to, to make people, A, give up the current streaming server that they've gone with, or service rather, or B, um, sign up for it. That's it, because we've already got access to all the things we could possibly want. What else have we got? Oh, okay. Well, I guess seeing I've spoken about Twitter, Apple, Google, I have to bring in Zuckerberg and his crew. Now, yeah, man, whenever I mention Meta, it's always for the wrong reason. So Meta, Facebook, um, they've been naughty boys and girls over there yet again. Surprise, surprise. So apparently Meta's iOS app. Now, it's quite interesting. Like five minutes ago, I was talking about how iOS is going to be getting more adverts. Well, Meta's iOS app, so the Facebook app, and I'm just going to pause there for a second. Apple's the one company you really don't want to screw with when it comes to terms and conditions of apps in their app store. Ask Epic Games what happened with Fortnite. In fact, I don't even know if Fortnite's still back in the iOS store. Let me find out. Cade! He's not here. So I was going to ask him if he knew. But... Well, I can do a quick search while I'm talking. So for those of you that didn't follow that story, when Fortnite started trying to um, take currency into their, take payments, sorry, out of the App Store into their own Fortnite store, their app was removed from the App Store. I'm searching Fortnite on my phone and the wheels going round and round. Apex Legends Mobile comes up as an ad. I was saying that the ads would be there. No, it's still not back. Right, so Fortnite is still not back in the store, probably by choice. I'm sure they could have kissed and made up by now. So Meta, uh, Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp are three really big apps that people use. And you want to go and screw around by injecting code into websites that the Instagram and Facebook apps, specifically from Apple devices, um, have been doing. So basically what they've done is they've injected code into websites um, from an iPhone. So the JavaScript code goes into a third-party website, but it comes from Facebook or Instagram on an iOS uh, iOS device. Um, and this code then allows the platforms to gain access to the data that would then be, un would actually be unavailable. Um, so I'm, they're breaking so many rules. Let's just put it out there. Um, and research, the, the, the researchers that actually found this wonderful thing um, said that this actually poses a lot of risks for us as users on iOS devices because the host app is now able to track all of our interactions with external sites. So if you think about that, if you do a um, single tap password or banking or whatever from your phone through a site and not an app, and this code has been injected, you know, maybe it could be getting some of our data. So well done, Mark Zuckerberg. You suck it again. 
I really do hate that company. Um, you know, it's, it's, I just, it, the world would be a better place without it, I think. I mean, Facebook's just become a moaning ground. Um, Instagram's just become a posing ground and a link to only fan pages. That's kind of what most people are using it for now is like link treeing out of there. Anyway, enough for the moaning. Um, thank you for being the evil bastards that you continue to be. Right, on to happier thoughts and locally homegrown. So Canva, which is an Australian company, um, and I think one of the first or second main unicorns that we had, I think they've actually come up with a really clever thing. So they've launched whiteboards. Now, like the rest of their platform, it's really super easy to use. And um, these are basically, there's a lot of helpful templates on there as well. Now, I use mind maps. In fact, I actually use their mind map. Where's my presentation? Uh, there we go. I've got it up on the screen if you're watching. So a mind map is when you have a little circle and you have little legs coming off and a little circle or square, and it maps your mind, right? And I use it a lot. In fact, I'm working on a really big project at the moment. Watch the space. I will announce it soon. Um, in fact, there might not be a show next week while I'm finalizing last bits and pieces of that. And I've been mind mapping. Now, the idea behind this whiteboard, and as I've put up there, I actually just play it. I put there the technology show, and it goes to tech news, and then there was Google and Twitter, Meta. So you can start to actually unpack your mind, right? Um, but what they've done is they've allowed it for collaboration. So there were little stickies that were available. So there are templates. So if you're not even sure where to start, like normal Canva design, they've given you templates. This project kickoff was a template, all those little colors in that that you see up there was there, and there were little sticky blocks, so you could actually add a note and, you know, make a change for yourself, but I think the sticky notes are also for the collaboration side, you know, we work from home, teams have been disjointed for a long time now, um, so, you know, well done to to Melanie and her team, um, I think it's great, uh, I do think, though, for collaboration, you have to have a paid account, like a, a, a Canva Teams account, we have a paid account, so I'm not sure if that's why it was already available for me to use or not. So I don't know the answer to that question. Um, but find out, go to canva.com and see if it says whiteboards. If it doesn't say whiteboards, then you need a paid account. But a really, really good move, as I said, from a collaboration point of view with your, your members of your team being spread out all over the place. Um, yeah, I think that brings us to the end of tech news. It does. So are you game? So this week was a bit different. I didn't actually feature one game or play with one games because I actually finally started Netflix games. And I think the reason I started looking at Netflix games is in doing the prep for the show and talking about YouTube streaming services and that I was kind of looking at some of the UIs that are available. And inside iOS there was Netflix games. And I've seen it lots of times. And then what was the T what was the show? The Black Mirror, they came out with a game as well. Um, and there's been Stranger Thing games launched. Um, so I thought I'd click on the button and I'd have a look-see. And I must tell you, I'm so glad I clicked on the button because Netflix have done a fantastic game, a job with their games. Now, a lot of the games that I review, I take off the Apple Arcade. And the ma main reason for that is their independence. And I like supporting small businesses and independence. I always have and I always will. Now, Netflix games, I don't know if they're independent games or they because the Rogue logo appeared on both of the games that I played, which is a studio. So, and if they're ready with Netflix, they're probably not independent anymore. Um, but that being said, they are so different. These games they've got they've got like 
racing car games and card games and sports games and games that are based on TVs and games based on games. There's a League of Legends type of musical hopping game thing in there as well. So I actually played two this week. I played, um, it's called Wonder Putt and Card Blast. Now Wonder Putt, uh, the screens that I put up there are actually not that exciting. Now I'm just looking at my presentation if you're watching the show. But Wonder Putt is just, it's just a weird ball. You've got to like flick it through all kinds of weird scenarios. Um, and there's gravity fields and that. So it's like a putt-putt game. It's a simple drag. Pull. The further you drag your finger back, the more powerful the hit is and so on. And you angle and you let it go. And the other one that was quite interesting, <clears throat> oh, I hope I don't start that, that coughing fit like I had last week's show. So the other one was quite interesting was Card Blast. Um, I did put one screenshot up there as well. But what it is, is these cards come out along the bottom of the game. And you've got three little windows that you can drag them into. And the idea is to build poker hands. So you've got to get two of a kind or three of a kind or two pairs or flush or straight, any of the poker hands that are recognized. And you've got to do it before they get to this like wheel. There's this um, jigsaw blade on the side. So the cards are moving along. You can fast forward the cards, but if you don't use them, then they're going to get to the blade quicker. And once it's the blade, your round is over. And there's challenges. Like on the screenshot that I've put up, I had to get one full house and I had to score 520. Oh, sorry, I had to score thousands. I was at 520 when I took that screenshot. Um, and if you're looking, I got a full house and a three of a kind on that screen with an ace building on the top bay. So fun game. If you like card games and you like poker, nice little mindless game to play with. So shout out to Netflix. Well done. Um, I really like it. I, so I had a look at some of the other games. I probably will review them and play them as well. Um, but that was my are you game for the week. So Q&A. Now, this Q&A, I know I've asked before, but I'm going to address it because I'm kind of living it now myself. So the question that came through is, is 5G killing my battery? The simple answer is yes, it is. Do the drum roll. Boom, it is. And there's a reason for that. Now, unfortunately, the way it works is if you have a 5G enabled device, which most of the modern phones are, it will continually look for the 5G network. It's same as your Wi-Fi in your house, will always look for the strongest point to connect to, and or if you have multiple networks, the strongest network. Your iPhone or your Android phone is absolutely no different. It's going to always look for 5G. And that means that the phone is processing. So when it looks for 5G and it sends out a ping and it doesn't find it and it comes back, and then it looks for it and keeps. So the whole time your phone or your aerials are actually looking for 5G. And if they don't find it, well, you're just wasting battery because the processes are running to try to find it. Now, when I lived in Sydney, I lived inside a 5G zone. So if I wasn't on Wi-Fi for whatever reason at home, I was on 5G. So I left my 5G on. And if I walked out to the local cafe to go get a, a coffee or something like that, I was inside a 5G zone. So I this affliction, is the right word, never actually affected me. Um I never had issues with my 5G or, or sorry, my phone losing battery power because I wasn't on 5G. The same, unfortunately, is not true where I currently live. I have 4G one bar at best and often even have the privilege of seeing 3G. And I have noticed my battery does not last as long as it used to. So I have now turned off my 5G. Um, and I hear you say, but what when you're running around, Brett? Well, I don't bother anymore because if I'm running around, the chance of me having to pull down data or streaming stuff on the fly, it's no longer there. 
Um, I don't use public transport anymore. I have to drive everywhere. So I'm not surfing or gaming or anything while I'm en route between meetings. So yeah, um, definitely is killing your battery. Uh, killing might be a strong word. It's definitely is reducing your battery life. How much it is compared to whatever other apps you might be running. And again, if you're running, if you're running an Android phone versus an iOS phone, unfortunately, the Android phone processors will use more battery power as well in your apps on the back end. There's lots of really clever um, tools within the phone. On my Pixel, there's intelligence that turns off apps. It actually offloads apps that I don't use. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, this is not a go at Android, but just in its normal native form without actually turning on some of the features, your apps that are running in the background will cause your processors to run more. And I, all the Android users say, yes, but we have more calls and more processing than an iPhone. You do, but the iPhone doesn't need it. So, um, yeah, that if you turn off your 5G and you don't notice an increase in, in, in your battery, then I'm going to say that there's something wrong with the phone. You can Maybe there's some other tweaks you can do. Book a time with the friendly people down at the Apple Store, and I'm sure they can take you through it. So if that takes us to the end of Q&A, um, I guess then that takes us to the end of the show. So uh, until next week, maybe not. As I said, I, I always try to do a show. I feel bad when I don't do a show. I love doing these shows, um, but there's quite a big thing happening next week, um, which I will be out of the office for most of the day of Wednesday, so I might not be able to do the show. Um, so I might not see you next week, but until then, until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. <laughs>